You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Cashavant, and this is our latest look at the Cleveland Indians. I am joined, as I am each and every week, by Jordan Bastian. JB, you are out in Goodyear. Uh, actually, I haven't caught up with you in a couple weeks here, so uh, a lot to go over from the early days of spring training camp. We know uh, not a lot on the line uh, with the Indians in terms of uh, jobs to be won and, and that sort of thing. The roster is fairly well set, uh, but always uh, some subplots, uh, if you will, uh, to the spring season. And we got an early one here uh, with Jason Kippis' shoulder strain that had him scratched from the lineup the other day in Cactus League play. How serious is this? Uh, what's the word on Kip's shoulder? Yeah, I mean, we had already seen before he was shut down from the, the first uh, handful of games, you know, he had ha- he had been alternating sort of more aggressive workouts and then had some lighter workouts where he wasn't taking part in throwing. And Terry Francona kind of let us know early on, like the based on previous springs, you know, when he had had shoulder issues crop up, you know, they had him on a strengthening and maintenance rehab program behind the scenes. So they were trying to keep his load light and then the other day he uh right you know before the second game of the spring you know he was trying to lengthen out his throwing and, and just felt a little discomfort in his shoulder and they thought due to the the length of spring you know the one benefit this year is that it is longer than other springs they thought it would be you know better to just sort of try and nip it in the bud right away so he got a cortisone shot he'll be shut down from throwing for four to five days can still do some light hitting and things like that and the expectation is that he'll be fine i mean Terry Francona kind of reiterated that a lot of guys, you know, when they start throwing after the off season, you know, there will be some aches and pains as they get used to it. But with Kipnis, they know there's been uh, issues in the past in spring of dealing with a sore shoulder. So just trying to address the issue early, and there's doesn't sound right now as, as though there's any expectation that this would linger uh, deep into the spring or affect his availability for opening day. Well, that's good because uh, the Indians have enough shoulder <laughs> intrigue as it is uh, with, with Michael Brantley, of course, uh, him being a, uh, a big question mark here in the spring season. And it's going to be uh, fascinating to see what he can deliver, uh, you know, hopefully gets into game action uh, before long. But what is the latest on Brantley? And, uh, and his recovery from the second of the two shoulder procedures last year. Yeah, I mean, much like last year, he's taking part in, you know, basically every facet of the workout except for stepping into the cage and taking uh, regular batting practice on the field. He is advanced to that step in the cage. So we saw him the other day, uh, you know, being thrown to and hitting, and that's a big step because that's when the, the unpredictability of the swing is introduced rather than having the ball stationary and, really able to control the swing, you know, this now is more of a, a reactional phase, you know, so they're, they're monitoring that and he should be hitting on the field with his teammates here pretty quickly. So if you look at the timetable from a year ago, I mean, he's still well ahead of where he was at this point in spring a year ago. Does that mean he's more likely to be ready for opening day? It's still way too early to know that, you know, he still has to get to the point where he's playing in games and playing in multiple games in a row and then they can really get that gauge on, on how he's bouncing back and feeling, you know, after the, the game activity. So that stage is still a while away, but, you know, as we have grown used to over the last 18 months, he is progressing through the early stages of his hitting program with no problems. So um, the Indians continue to sort of, you know, hold their breath on, you know, when it does reach the, the game stage of his program to hopefully have him, 
uh, ready a lot earlier than he was last year. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I'm sure we'll, we'll continue to ask questions about Brantley uh, each and every week on this podcast because on uh, yeah. um, a team with not a lot of uh, roster intrigue, like we said, uh, a lot of the spring storylines about this club center around Brantley and, and his health moving forward. So we'll see. Uh, speaking of health, uh, Bill Latson, our own Bill Latson, uh, has a podcast uh, here on MLB.com, and he had Terry Francona on last week, and uh, kind of interesting stuff, just kind of talked about. We know uh, Francona's had health issues over the course of his life and, uh, and managerial career and uh, had hip surgery over the offseason. He's had knee issues, and he missed a game last year with an elevated heart rate. Um, so he kind of opened up about all that stuff and, and just made the obvious point that, you know, should any of these health issues become a distraction to actually getting the job done, you know, that that would be a point where, where he would step away from baseball. But uh, obviously not at that point at the moment. But uh, but he did admit, you know, there are days where he has to kind of come in early from from, uh, you know, spring training, uh, you know, those morning workouts and, and whatnot. Uh, what's your take on Francona as he uh, gears up for another long run here? Yeah, I mean, the one thing about Francona is he's always going to be honest and transparent, yeah. I think. There's no denying it. I mean, the guy has had 37, 38 surgeries in his life, and we were joking around. He's like, oh, I don't even count the little ones. I'm like, the little ones? <laughs> They're all surgeries. Um, he had a hip procedure this off season. Eventually, he's probably going to have the other hip done. You know, Every day that he sits down with us uh, for the media session this spring, uh, when we end, he almost doesn't want to get up. Because he knows when he stands up, you know there's a there's some discomfort, and so it's led to a lot of uh, long shooting the bowl sessions, which has been great with Tito, um, but not great in the sense that part of it is due to, um, you know, he's still recovering and, and getting used to the rehab from the the hip surgery. So, again, I think he said it exactly how it is. If he ever reaches the point where he feels like his health is interfering with his ability to do the job. You know, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if he made that decision. I mean, this is a guy who's been to the World Series three times, won a couple rings. You know, there's not much else to prove. He's just a baseball lifer who doesn't know anything else and wants to be here and, you know, wants to do this and, you know, missed it when he uh, took that year off and was with ESPN and, you know, loves being back in the uniform and, and around the players and, and coaches and everything. So, Again, I think uh, obviously if it were a hindrance this year, it'd be one thing. But I think he's, you know, obviously feels like he's more than capable of, of you know, guiding the ship, so to speak, this year. And he signed an extension, so you know, multiple years here in Cleveland. But yeah, I think if it ever gets in the way of doing his job, you know, he would be the first to admit it. All right. Well, yeah, coming off that hip surgery, he's got a lot of time to sit there and uh, work on his lineups. So here's a way too <laughs> early question for you: uh, What, what right. can be gleaned from the Cactus? opener lineup of uh, Carlos Santana in leadoff, Jose Ramirez batting second, Frankie Lindor third. It seems like Edwin Encarnacion is, is, you know, penciled into that cleanup spot. How's that top of the lineup look to you? Yeah, it's interesting because, again, like every other roster question, it seems like it all comes back to Brantley. Um, and yeah. also um, you got to keep in mind Kipnis isn't available, so that kind of changes things too. The thing he has said about Santana leading off is Francona has said, he knows Carlos can handle it now. So that's nice to at least have that in the back of his mind. As far as spring lineups, you know, he's really cautioned not to read into them, especially this early, because his approach to a spring lineup is usually, usually uh, put the major leaguers in like the front five or six spots and then put the kids lower in the lineup and the prospects, no matter what type of prospect they are or whatever. You know, it's trying to maximize it fast. You know, Jan Gomes, I think, was betting fifth. You know, I don't think Jan Gomes probably isn't going to be the number five hitter 
once the regular season starts. But in the spring, when catchers don't play the entire nine innings early on, you want to maximize the at-bats, so you put them early up in the lineup. Um, but it is going to be interesting because if Brantley is healthy, do you hand the keys to that three spot right to him again because that's where he always was? Or do you view his high contact rate as being more of a protection guy and you think of him as a five-hitter now? If he's the five-hitter, does that mean Santana leads off again? Where do you put Jose Ramirez, a switch hitter with a high contact rate too, who also thrived as the number five hitter last year? And we haven't even mentioned Kipnis, who has mm-hmm. leadoff experience, has hitting second experience, and hitting third experience. Or Lindor, who was the number three hitter all year last year. So there's a lot of combinations that Terry Francona can do. And I think if you want to start reading in the spring lineups, the time to do it will probably be uh, the last two weeks, and especially the last week of spring as you start getting closer to opening day. That's when you'll really start seeing Terry Francona more creating a lineup that will be uh, giving some hints towards opening day. Yeah, absolutely. Not much to be gleaned uh, from the early showings, although um, on the prospect front, certainly an encouraging game the other day from Brad Zimmer. Uh, had a five RBI game against the Reds. He went deep the other way with a pretty effortless swing, uh, which right. is good to see. I know he's not on the opening day roster radar, but uh, uh, barring some surprise, but uh but what are your thoughts on Zimmer going into 2017? Well, a couple of things. First of all, um, talking to Zimmer, he says he's trying to fight to win the job. Uh, on top of that, the team has told him he's not fighting to win a job. <laughs> so, but it's great. It's great to hear the player take that attitude, and Francona loves that, you know. And uh, Zimmer has talked a lot about Tyler Naquin, and you know, seeing him as an example of, hey, that could be me. You never know what kind of opportunity could come up in spring. You know, a year ago, because of Brantley, because of Almonte's situation, Tyler Naquin all of a sudden had a clear pass to the Major League roster and seized it. You never know what's going to happen over the next five weeks. So I think Zimmer having that attitude is the right way to go. As far as that home run and that great debut, uh, it was a pitch out over the plate where he got his arms really extended and, and really drove it to the opposite field. It was gorgeous. But it also was a great example of what he does well, not necessarily what they want him to, to work on for the Major League level what they really are trying to get him to work on because he is such a big guy with, with long limbs and a lot of moving parts is that inside pitch. In the major leagues, uh, pitchers can really exploit a player like that by busting him inside. You know, They know if he gets his arm extended, he can do that. But, um, so they really have worked with him on fine-tuning his mechanics. And you know, to, you know, to his credit, he's stuck by a lot of the mechanical adjustments they were having him work on all last year um, to the point where when you look at his AAA numbers – you know, they took a hit, you know, his strikeout rate soared um, and things like that. And, you know, he said, you know, obviously it was tempting to go back to what was working for him in the past, you know, when he was sort of getting by on his raw ability. But he's recognizing that there are things he needs to adjust to um, in order to have success in the majors. So the Indians sort of look at his AAA production numbers through a different lens as a fan sitting at home looking at his baseball reference page. You know, they see a guy who was really honing in on those adjustments and trying to get them to a point where they're, they're habit and not feeling forced. And he feels a lot more comfortable right now uh, than he did a year ago. Ronnie Rodriguez uh, is, is named not in the realm of uh, Brad Zimmer in terms of, you know, top prospect, right. a well-known name among the fan base. Been bouncing up the system uh, for a while now, five or six years now. What can you tell us about his potential to maybe he could be in the opening day mix as a utility guy? Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, he's in camp as a non-roster guy and, uh, one thing Francona's really talked about is when he came over, when Francona came over to the Indians, you know, Rodriguez was sort of a prospect, 
uh, for the middle infield. And now he can sort of see the landscape. I mean, Francisco Lindor is at shortstop. He's not going anywhere. Jason Kipnis is the heart and soul of the team at second base and is signed for a long-term deal. He's not going anywhere. And Jose Ramirez had a breakout campaign and is entrenched at third. You've got a couple really good major league bats at first. So where does Ronnie Rodriguez fit into the equation? Tito really praised him for sort of trying to reinvent himself as a reliable utility guy. So over the last few years, he's bounced between second base, shortstop, third base, first base, and last year really started getting exposure to the outfield. So, you know, what Francona wants is a guy who he knows he can put in late in the game if he does some pinch hitting, a guy can go to any position on the diamond and be trustworthy. And that's why, you know, despite Michael Martinez's offensive inefficiencies, Tito really likes him because he is trustworthy at any position you put him on the diamond. And that's what they're trying to turn Ronnie Rodriguez into. Um, And he's really opened up some eyes, you know, through what he's done over the last couple of years to turn himself into that type of option. So, you know, Eric Gonzalez is in that utility role mix as well. Gonzalez is also kind of still considered a prospect, and they wonder if it might benefit him to play regularly at AAA. You know, where a guy like Rodriguez, who maybe projects more as that utility type, you know, maybe he's an option for the Major League roster to, to fill that type of role. All right, JB, last thing. You've been in good week, good year now for already a couple of weeks, uh, and you are well accustomed to life on the road, having been on the Major League beat with the Indians and previously the Blue Jays for, uh, gosh, what, about a decade now, right? Uh, I think I'm, this is my twelfth year, yeah. And so we wanted to ask, give us a give us a life on the road story. Give me some takeaway from uh, your, your time and your travels uh, covering Major League Baseball. Yeah, well, I mean, Indians fans probably won't like to hear it, but you know, I grew up a huge Cubs fan. That didn't impact who I wanted to, you know, win last year or anything like that. I didn't have really a rooting interest as a reporter. But what's funny is, as a, as a reporter, you get to go to all the stadiums and Wrigley Field. It took me ten years before I worked in Wrigley Field. So the ballpark that I went to as a kid, you know, and really inspired me to want to get involved in baseball and, you know, ended up getting me into the, the career path that I took, took me a decade to, to finally sit into that, that press box and, and, and sit in that dugout and, you know, kind of see, you know, how far I had come. So that was a pretty cool moment. And then, you know, that came a couple of years ago. And then last year uh, for them to play the Indians in the World Series and, you know, have that moment of covering World Series games at Wrigley Field was kind of surreal. You know, I took a couple moments to just kind of look around and, and enjoy it. And I think that's what's kind of cool about, uh, you know, life on the road is it gives you opportunities to, to go and see things and um, that you wouldn't normally get to experience. Like walking through an empty ballpark is probably one of my favorite things. You know, not a lot of fans ever get to experience it. They're there with you know, uh, you know, tens of thousands of people to watch a game. You know, we get to walk in, you know, when it's completely empty and silent. I think there's something kind of really cool about that, and that's, you know, being able to do that at Wrigley Field was pretty special. Yes, it was. Uh, I got to partake in that myself, of course, and uh, you can remember just kind of sitting there in the top row of the upper deck just eating lunch uh, about eight hours before first pitch and uh, just kind of soaking it in. It's a, a shrine. It really is, regardless of how the World Series itself turned out. Uh, I want to thank Jordan Bastion for joining us. Check in with him again next week from Goodyear, Arizona. 
Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Cleveland Indians edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.